Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Perspectives. So glad you're here to join us for this week's episode. We're excited to have the topic of respecting diversity in the workplace. I'm Valerie, CEO and founder of Essence Learning. And we have found that this topic of respecting differences in the workplace is universal to every organization, to every individual, because respect is fundamental to who we are and what we do. So we wanted to spend some time around this topic, maybe taking a deeper dive into what respect looks like in our workplace cultures. Um, And so we have folks from across um, all of the United States and various industries to just share with us what respect in in the workplace looks like, uh, no matter what your differences are. And so I'd love for you to introduce yourself. We have a panel of four, so we're gonna have some robust conversations. So before we get into that, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Let's start a little differently. What do you think about respect? As you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are, answer the question, do you think respect is earned or given? You want me to go? I up? want you to start. Oh, go ahead. Right. You're, like, you're, you're in the studio with me. So you're in the studio with me. You get picked on first, right? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, I am Kenitra Kiki Heights. I am a Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. <clears throat> and as always, that question is very difficult to answer, right? Um, <clears throat> I come from the approach that it can be both, Um, that respect is given, right? But it can be taken away um, with the lack of trust. Mm -hmm. And then, but you can always earn respect back. Uh, But I like to give people no matter what or who they are before I encounter them, I feel like everyone should be treated Mm -hmm. respectfully. So um, to me, respect is first given. Okay, thanks for that. Well, we'll uh, toss it over to you, John. Uh, hi, Welcome. John Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, John Davidson, I'm a people business partner supporting various groups across a, a number of industries over the years. But um, I would say that I would agree with uh, Kiki on this one, that respect is initially given. Um, and there's an intrinsic value that I think comes with that and that everyone deserves respect in you know, some form or capacity based on just being being a human being. But uh, there, there are ways that that can be eroded or, you know, built up over time as their relationship develops. Awesome. Thank you for that. Welcome. Luis, introduce yourself to our listeners. Hey, everybody. Uh, Luis Munoz, mm-hmm. uh, d consultant for Toyota Motor North America. I would say respect is uh, given. Um, and I agree with my colleagues here on the call today that uh, I think through life and you know, through the years, sometimes people tend to fall off and you tend to lose uh, or lose that respect. Um, but I, I also agree that you can also uh, get it back. So um, that is my take on that. All right. Hey, Crystal. Hi, I'm Crystal Kohanke, and I'm the SVP and Chief People Officer for Pediatric Healthcare System. And I agree with my colleagues that it is, um, it, it, I think it starts with being given. You have to start somewhere. I do feel respect is definitely reciprocal. And I also feel the person that is in the power position in a relationship needs to go first. Yeah. And so I think it's a, it's definitely um, a cycle, much like, much like what the colleague, my colleagues have said. Very good. Thank you all for sharing that. And I'm going to jump in and say, I, you know, I agree with, with you all that it is uh, 
I think what John said, it is an intrinsic, uh, something that everyone should have, we should give. Uh, they, you know, they don't have to earn because of their, just out of human, human dignity. So with that in mind, you know, do we agree that then there's a spectrum, right? There's a spectrum of respect that you can go from a place of earned to, to, to given and back and forth because you earn it and you can lose it. So we've all kind of talked through that as, as our definition of that. So I appreciate that. So with that in mind, I'm just going to share that this is the definition that Essence uses, uh, Essence Learning uses. When we define respect, we define it as treating others with dignity by maintaining their esteem and value in their individuality. Mm-hmm. So no matter what your differences are or who you are or what you bring to the table, that you should be treated with dignity, that you, you're, uh, we should always maintain the esteem and, and the value, the individuality of everyone. How do we, within our organization, how do you, within your organization, as leaders, maintain uh, that respectful culture uh, within your workplace? What are some of the things you do uh, to ensure that you have a work workplace that is full of respect, no matter who who they are, no matter who comes to your workplace? Let's say for uh, Toyota, uh, I think having respect respect for everyone is important. Um, giving everybody the opportunity to have a voice, have a seat at the table, no matter what your job level is critical. Um, and I think that's very important for our organization because that brings in that diversity of thought. Your point, Valerie, um, pretty diverse in our, our, our culture here within Toyota. So we wanna make sure that we leverage our talent to the maximum potential to make it stronger. I think for me, just kind of jumping off of that, the respect is really formed at a, at a foundational level and it needs to be started in my mind from understanding that people are more than just their titles. They're more than you know, what they wear on their nameplate in, in an organization. And so recognizing that everyone comes in with stuff from outside, things going on in their personal life, things that have happened earlier in the day before this meeting that you're into, uh, and understanding that all, at the base level, we're all you know individuals and human beings. And if we can keep that mindset central to the way that we operate, then respect becomes a lot easier because we're put in the position to then think about, oh, this person's going through things that I've been through or I'm going through or will go through. And there's a, there's a degree of empathy that comes along with that. And then the other thing that's really important too is, you know, you hear a lot about the, you know, the language around psychological safety and creating an environment where people can speak up or creating an environment where if someone feels that they may not have been respected, is it, and how do you allow them to raise that concern? Because sometimes we don't know that we have just created a situation that um, has made somebody uncomfortable. But creating that environment where somebody can say, you know, hey, Crystal, when you said this, this is how it made me feel. That's how we learn and we grow. And so I think that's a lot of, that to have some some language around it as teams and as a culture to be able to raise that and to be able to have the, the mm-hmm. conversation. That's that's the only way sometimes we know when um, there is a difference of feeling or opinion or a cultural a situation mm-hmm. that you may not have seen um, or know of otherwise. Very good point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, developing what Crystal said, because she's, you know, talking about creating the environment. That's so important um, amongst the diversity, equity, and inclusion world is to build inclusive environments. And a part of building that respectful environment is ensuring no matter what, whoever walks through the door, they're able to bring 100% of who they are. Um, and they're not able to you know, come in and be able to hide things, but we respect 
who they are as a person, their culture, um, the things that they bring to the table. And then also we give them a platform for them to have a voice mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I think those are ways that lead to respectful culture. Mm -hmm. and, and especially with leaders and, and leadership in the organization, having them cultivate a, a, a culture of respect and inclusion does help and trickle down into that. We're gonna make sure that every, no matter what, you're gonna respect people mm -hmm. when they come into this door. Awesome. So I think we all agree and, and we've talked kind of high level as to conceptually respect should be there and, and why we should have it. But we also know that there's been, been some challenges within the workplace where respect or people don't feel respected mm -hmm. or there's barriers to where people feel respected. You all are diversity, equity, inclusion specialist. Um, this is where you work. This is the field you're in, um, or you're really operating uh, to make sure that though that that diversity, equity, inclusion is a strategic approach within your organization. So, with that, what are some of the things that you're putting in place to ensure um, or to help overcome some of the barriers? Perhaps we should talk about what are some of those barriers. What are some of the things that are causing? Um, people to not feel respected or to have psycho psychologically they're feeling unsafe? What are some of the things that are occurring? And then what are some of the things we can do to overcome that? I think, you know, we don't mean to, we say that, or that's not the impact we wanted to have. That's not the intent we wanted to have. That's not the intention, but it's happening. So let's talk, you know, let's kind of pull that back and let's be real about that everything's not, everybody doesn't feel safe or respected at all times. And what are some of the things we can do to help support them? Safe is a key word, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, building safe spaces and, and the safety, people's safety is a huge responsibility as well for an organization. So I'd be remiss of not talking about the aspects of building a safe environment. And, you know, a part of that is ensuring also that you have effective policies in place uh, so that people's safety is first of mind. That's why it's important to really make sure you have equitable policies for discrimination, workplace bullying, harassment, and so forth, because moments of disrespect do lead to those aspects. Um, and especially now, you know, the words that people use can be very harmful to someone's self-esteem and their safety. So ensuring that you have like workplace bullying in place um, and you get those words out in you and you ensure those policies and practices reaches your workforce. Those are all important right. to maintain safety of your people. Right. Intentionally build that safe space. I love that mm -hmm. and maintaining that and then effectively creating policies around it to put some teeth into to the idea that, you know, we are creating an intentional safe space for you. Thank you for that, Kiki. Mm -hmm. Well, what other things do we have to offer our listeners? I'm going to throw in there, and I'm going to do a little a little plug for um, Essence Learning and Valerie. And in, in a previous life, we had um, done you know like a lot of organizations employee employee engagement surveys, and we had a question specifically around respect, and we knew that that had a high correlation with overall engagement, and. It was really kind of an interesting pilot. We, Valerie, we brought Valerie and her team in to do respect in the workplace training to really help leaders, especially those that had um, fairly high scores in all areas, except for in this one particular area and, and, and how that, that focus on creating that respectful environment makes a difference on the overall engagement of the team. And it was a really powerful exercise. And not only did we see teens 
once they understood what that meant and how they could work together to be able to create those respectful um, 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 teams and groups, um, we, we were able to see significant improvement in the overall engagement. And that had impacts and implications across the entire spectrum of the work that they did, everything from the way they treated their patients to the way they treated each other. So I, mean, I say that when, when Valerie says, what are some things that you've done? I mean, I said, I'm gonna put a plug in for her training <laughs> and the work that they did, because it was significant and we were able to quantify the difference that 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 awareness and that focus on how do we do this? Because, you know, it's, it's hard as a leader to hear your team feels like respect is something that you're not strong at. And it's and it's personal, right? It it hurts. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so, how do we create that environment for for teens to know it's okay, and we've all been there, and and then to put those processes in place to be able to it's a skill, right? It's a skill. How do we teach them? Jumping off of that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, jumping off of that, I think intentionality is a really key part of building a respectful workplace relationship team. Um, I, I've had a few leaders over the years, you know, uh, as I'm coaching them through a situation, say something to the effect of, you know, I, I can't sound like HR all the time. That, that That's exhausting. It takes a lot of time. And I'm like, but you need to, you need to build that skill because, you know, intentionally speaking, intentionally interacting with people, going in prepared, understanding the tone you want to carry, understanding the tone you don't want to carry. And, you know, driving towards that outcome that you want from that conversation or that interaction um, and being very intentional with the way that you manage yourself in that situation, because we're coming, leaders are coming into that situation, you know, possibly amped up, they're charged up, they're, you know, they want to accomplish whatever it is that's going on or solve the problem. But we have to keep in mind that we're intentional in, in the way that we interact with this other individual and making sure that we're building that respect through that conversation, not, you know, tearing it down or, or leaving it even in the same place where we found that relationship. And it's okay to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and leaders need to hold other leaders accountable for these actions as well, too. You know, when John was talking, it reminded me of, you know, we had a situation where we had two leaders in a room with um, several employees, and one of them was being very disrespectful um, in commenting on you know, the, how much money the employee makes and commenting that they must sell drugs and, you know, because of the color of their skin. And no other leader said anything to that person and said, you know, that was very disrespectful what you said, it was wrong. And so as leaders, we need to be able to speak up in the room and hold other leaders accountable for moments wow. of disrespect mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. I agree with everybody. Um, I heard from uh, Crystal talking about survey, right? Data, I, I think for us, data is important. What does the data tell you? What is, what is the, 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 our employees saying, right? And giving them a safe place to elaborate or speak about what they're feeling, for example, roundtables, things like that. John talked about being intentional, right? So having leaders there present and visible is key, but more importantly is for them to listen, right? Just listen and hear what they're saying. Uh, is critical. Yeah. And what do you learn from those those types of things? And, you know, I'm going to just, you guys ran us through a quite a bit. We talked about being intentional and creating that safe space, creating a place for us to learn and become aware, um, holding ourselves accountable, managing ourselves, holding others accountable for what they say and do and how it impacts us. And some ways that we can uh, 
learn and better understand what's going on in our organization is through our data as well as taking that data and then having some round some listening opportunities some listening posts some focus groups some round tables so that we can hear back so when we hear that and when we uh, learn more and we understand that what are some of the ways that you as a leader are helping to navigate um not being the HR police, as you talked about, you know, and, and everybody doesn't have to sound like HR, but how do we help our organization hold people accountable and recognize when it's happening? And what, what are some of the things that you're doing to um, help me? If I don't know, I don't know. And if I'm, you know, I'm saying things I shouldn't say, and I am now aware, now what do I do? I think you have to you, yeah. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to to be a, a, an ally and an advocate for that individual. So mm-hmm. if they, you know, have received the feedback, they're they're you know they were oblivious to it in advance, or whether they weren't, and now they're they're on an adventure and they want to you know try to improve that skill set area. Continue to support them. Continue to provide the feedback. You know, I, I'm you know radical candor is coming to mind, and, and you know all the different ways that we can or cannot you know provide feedback, but making sure that we're supportive but direct in the way that we continue to interact with this individual when we see both positive movement in the areas they want to focus on in terms of, you know, respect and, and having a, a, an aura of that about them, but also you know, giving them continual feedback when they, they they miss the mark a little bit or when they have some opportunities that they can continue to learn from. And even in that interaction, that respectful interaction of saying, hey, I wanted to give you feedback. Are you in a place where you can receive that, you know, right now? Yeah. What we've talked about in the past and go from there. But uh, yeah, continual feedback and, and, you know, allyship with that individual as they're learning. That that even makes for an, a flip side of the safe environment, so making it safe for me to show up as my my authentic self. But if I um, find myself in a situation where, I'm, you know, my behaviors are not ideal or that I've, I find myself in that I've disrespected someone or shown some type of created some type of uh, people to feel uncomfortable or some type of attention, then it's also safe for me to get that feedback without me feeling as if um, I'm being ridiculed or reprimanded or, you know, now everything is at risk because I made this mistake and and Mm -hmm. overstepped or understepped or something to that effect. So that creates a safe environment for me to learn when I did something wrong or inappropriate or something like that. I'm sure there's a window and from an HR perspective, it's how, where that goes, but but you guys might want to tap into that a little while, but but basically creating a safe environment for us to learn um, someone to coach us and provide us feedback. Great. Yeah. Um, I was going to hit on exactly what uh, John had said, you know, as that continual feedback um, and being an advocate for that person as well. And then also making sure that you take action. I think Crystal gave a great example when she said, you know, we had the employee engagement survey. That's a tool that they use to measure the amount of respect that they could feel that leaders were given. And then also taking action. So having Essence Learning come and do the training on the essence of respect in the workplace, that's an actionable step in order to make a difference and to start changing. And so after we do those things, like the engagement surveys and roundtables, we just don't take the information and just hold on to it. We actually need to create actionable steps to take action and to actually do things to hard to, to start to really adapt and change mm-hmm. the culture. So that's that intentional space. Great. I would say uh, have that open, constructive discussion with leaders. Once you identify the gap, having those discussions is critical. 
and also providing the recommendation, no matter how difficult it might be, uh, to get those resources to solve for that problem that you're trying to solve um, is, is critical. I'm in that conversation. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I'm, I was just I was repeating what he was saying, having that conversation. Go ahead, Crystal. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you know, we have a colleague that would say, you know, feedback is the breakfast of champions, but sometimes you're not hungry. <laughs> and, and, and you also have to be prepared for when you provide feedback to someone and, and they're not ready to hear it or don't want to hear it or can't hear it. Uh -huh. And, you know, what's that action that goes with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and how did, how do we know, you know, where's that tightrope for us? Because, you know, we're dealing with our own biases and our own um, assumptions and our own traditional mm -hmm. thinking. And we're always challenging ourselves internally uh, as leaders, even, even though we, we, we are educated around the space, we are practicing in this space, you know, we're all always having to manage around ourselves. And so oftentimes we find ourselves engaging others to help us with, hey, I said this, hey, this happened. How does, you know, this is what I was thinking. Can you help me? I think one of the other tools is teach people how to engage someone else, get another perspective. Here's what I'm thinking. What, how can I think differently? Seek to find another way to think about things. Um, and so as we're coaching and we're sharing with, this is what you said, and this is how it put me, have impacted it give them another experience and let them see this is how it impacted them. This is why um, let's talk about another way we could have done it. So not just tell them, Hey, when you said that, that wasn't, but we were all on to give them a different perspective. Hence this, this, this podcast perspectives really, I love it um, because I think that's key to all of this work is allowing us to walk into a place and we are willing to share, share our experiences and allow people to, um, hear our perspectives, but to, to what Crystal and, um, and and John were saying is, hey, I want to hear your perspective as well. Give, give me what, 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 were you, what was going on? Why were you thinking that, you know, so that I can better understand and manage um, some of those things as a leader, or they can better understand and manage uh, me depending upon my difference. So what are some of the differences that you find, Dean, is creating workplace tension? So, you know, is it generational differences? Is it uh, positional differences? Is it, what are some of the differences that are really within your organization that are really causing you guys to say, we got to step in and start to help support uh, and, and, and create a, a more respectful workplace because these, these are different approaches, different thoughts, different ways of doing things. What are some of, what are some of the things you're experiencing in your workplace? Or differences, what we call differences, make a difference. All of the above. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's there's moments for all of the above to take place, right? Because um, when you say, you know, managing your personal biases, assumptions, and stereotypes, that's exactly what gets people into trouble, is when they walk into the room and they react based upon their biases, their stereotypes, their preferences, and their assumptions. And it could be about any cultural difference, mm -hmm. race, gender, generational, whatever, they have it set in their mind, this is how a certain group of people are. And so I react towards that. And that is a bias that they have gotten in their head or a stereotype that they've heard from somewhere. And so when they react towards people that they work with, with those biases and stereotypes, that's what causes those moments of disrespect to happen. And you say, those shocking managers, did you really just say that to me? Or, or <laughs> did you just really think that I would, would do that um, without even yeah, getting yeah. to know who I am? And, you know, people are so concerned with time, they don't get to know who people are. 
And that is also another issue is like taking the time, like Louis said, to listen to your employees and taking the time to get to know who they are and without just automatically flying off of, well, I assume that this person is this way, so I'm just going to react towards that. And that's that's what gets a lot of people into those moments of, you know, disrespect where they're being disrespectful. Awesome. <laughs> Did you really just say that? It's great. <laughs> I had a situation recently with a with a leader. We had recently done employee experience surveys, and some of the feedback that came back was that individuals didn't feel safe um, approaching or challenging an idea that this leader, you know, brought forward or had, or you know, the direction that they wanted to go. That they felt that you know, oftentimes this leader would belittle the the messenger, belittle the person that brought this other idea. And so in this conversation, there was a lot of uh, resistance at first. And, you know, we got to the point where I asked a question. I said, well, why do you think that these people bring these ideas up? You know, what, what, what's their motivation? And this leader sat there for a minute and I said, do you think that they're coming with good intent? Or do you think they're trying to throw you off or make you look like you don't know what you're talking about? I said, odds are they're not waking up every day wanting to see the organization burn. They're wanting to, <laughs> they have <laughs> for suggesting this idea that they have. And so when we respond in the way that we have in some of these situations that have come up in this feedback, it teaches your organization that they can't bring other ideas. And it creates yeah. this where there are no other points of view aside from one. And uh, that led into, a, well, we have such tight timelines and that's OK. You know, we need to look at that. That's kind of one, uh, one issue that, that's attached to this. But tight timelines are not respecting the the workforce that you have and making sure that people feel valued and bringing their ideas to help what they feel might be a better solution will continue to generate more of those and create an environment that over time is stronger than if we don't address this particular thing. Mm -hmm. So um, all of that kind of encapsulated and just making sure that, uh, you know, we're conscious of, of how we, you know, respond to situations where, where, where these kind of things come up. Awesome. Yeah, and one of the things that you, you talked about that, John, is the um, timeline. People put that into why I don't have time for to respect someone. I don't have time to, for to listen to someone. I don't have time for it's, we we got removing at a rapid pace. And I think that once we master the skill of demonstrating respect, no matter the differences, we save time because we don't we're not pausing to have these sidebar conversations about did you really just say that i can't believe that i'm not going to you know that's 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 time consuming to try to go back and mend those relationships when you know when we could just have spent enough time to say thank you or please or that's a great idea let's you know those things that demonstrate respect so that that was huge um when when what do you think um and this is this is a question for all of us to kind of jump in on and have a discussion about do you think that um, we've seen more um, voices come out to say they don't feel respected or they feel un uncomfortable or they don't feel safe based upon some of the events that have happened and some of the external um, events that are happening that are spilling over to our workplace, some of the societal events. Do you think that that has now created an awareness um, or the courage or a path for people to now start sharing or do you think it's always been there um so what's your what's your thoughts i think for uh for us um and i think for everybody people are just tired um mm. you had covid you have all, all kinds of things going on in our communities you know politics um mm -hmm. people are far this far that 
they bring that into the workplace um, and they tie in personal life, right? Everything's so expensive right now, right? With, with, with uh, inflation and all. And it's just, when is this all gonna end or stop or get back to normal, right? Um, so as an organization being cognizant that it's not just about work, but it's also that work-life balance, right? And kind of tying it to that mental health and giving opportunities for our team members to have a platform where they can kind of have those discussions or maybe having resources available if they want to mm -hmm. do those uh, privately is critical. And people are tired and we need a place to rest and, and feel respected and valued and that we're able to contribute and not just going at a million miles an hour. So, you know, you bring up an excellent point as to, you know, may not be external, internal, it's a combination of all that. Our work life, our internal life has created um, stress levels that we haven't had to deal with before. That's, that's a very good point. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, and I agree with Luis on his points and I just wanna add an additional one. Um, generationally as well. Um, I find that m younger generations are more willing to speak up because of, of what they value out of life. Mm -hmm. And they value things like mental health, they value diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they devalue their uh, work-life balance as well. And so when they feel that those items aren't getting met and their personal needs are not getting met or valued or respected, then they're more likely to speak up and they're more likely to say something about it. So I, I feel like our younger generations are coming into the workforce and using more of their voice uh, yeah. to really, um, you know, uh, fight for what they want and what they need in order to be successful in the workplace. I would, yeah. I would yeah. jump there just really quick and say, the, the, I agree with Kiki on, on all of her points. I think the younger generations have been, have created a space where it's okay culturally, uh, societally, and safe to talk about those things when past generations might not have had that. And so the value placed on those things is different or um, the appropriateness of going to someone and saying, hey, I've got this going on. I need you know time or I need whatever is, is different in each generation. Um, so just making sure that, you know, Yes, I do think people are coming forward more and having these conversations more. I think that's great. I think that businesses absolutely need to take that into consideration and leaders need to, because um, that's that's where we are. And I think that that's the right thing to do. Um, but also understanding the individuals that have come before that might not have had that same level of it's okay to approach these topics um, should also be brought along and you know understand that they're coming from a different perspective as well and, and making space in the workplace for, for all those generations that come in with these different experiences around mental health or around um, psychological safety or around uh, societal you know, welfare for, for, you know, minority groups and different things. So yeah. definitely, yeah, I agree with Kiki on those things. Safety looks a lot different than for that, for a younger generation and what's tolerated and accepted looks a lot different. Uh, so that's great points. Thank you for that. Crystal, anything to add before, I think the producers are telling me that we, we've, we've had a good time on this discussion, but uh, I, I don't want to end it. But if there's something you'd like to add to that, Crystal, what, what's going on? Well, you know, uh, I think what you know, you what John just said just kind of resonated with me, too. And I've heard leaders, especially senior leaders, um, you know, um, that are of, um, you know, older generations. You know, I, I've heard, well, why should I do that? Nobody did that for me. And mm -hmm. so it's, it is a real, real phenomenon. And how do you help people to say that? 
maybe that didn't happen for you, but you can make a difference now. Um, and that's, um, it's pretty powerful what you said, John. I, I, I thought it was spot on. Uh, we have a lot more that we could talk about on this topic and maybe we'll do a part two. I hope that you guys will come back. Uh, I didn't get through all of my questions at all that I wanted to, yeah. to, to talk with you about, but I appreciate what you've shared with us. And I know that our listeners are taking notes and things have resonated with them. And I hope that, um, that they will take this back into the workplace, no matter where you are within the organization, no matter what level you work within the organization, respect is all of our responsibilities um, as we as we move through the organization. So we all need to have our voice. We all need to make it safe. And we all need to feel that, it, you know, if someone does challenge us or provide us with feedback, that it's it, with the intention of making sure that our workplace is, is, is the best workplace. And so that's our goal. And so we hope that... Um, you as leaders, particularly those who are on this on this podcast right now, I know that you guys have got your, your sleeves rolled up and that you're working towards this effort. And we're just inviting all of our listeners to join us in that effort. Thank you all so much again for the, for the conversation. We'll continue it. Thank you listeners for joining in. And we hope to see you next week with our next week's podcast. You guys have a great one. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.